0: Here we are. Uh, Welcome to the, I don't know, maybe 40th session of the uh, Brain of the Firm reading group with General Intellect Unit. Um, This time we're picking up at the bottom of page 366, um, getting to section three. um, Transducers neither attenuate nor amplify variety. Let's roll. Uh, The transduction role has already been mentioned several times in examining the crisis would-be regulator. It is worth a reminder that transducers come come into action whenever information has to be encoded or decoded in the course of crossing a boundary in the system, and that a properly designed transducer will have no effect on the richness of variety transduced. In fact, each of the transducers, solid black dots, so far considered, has failed this test of good design, and the group of them next to be discussed, which is not designed at all in a free society, Seems to be responsible for the problems enunciated at the end of the last section. The members of the group are marked on Figure forty-nine as T one, T two, T three, and T four. So let's pause for a moment and go back to Figure forty-nine on page three six three. So T one, T one is exiting the, uh, the 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 regulator and heading towards the output. T two is then transducing the action from the output back into system A. T3 is transducing on the same line into system B, and then T4 onto system C. Um, so those are each of the, each of the transducers on the, the outward part of the reflex arc, after, after the anastomotic reticulum has processed things, and it's kicking back out into the world. Okay, uh, we've got some hot-miking from Mr. Carol Neurath. I think I'll just, there we go, that's fine. There we go. Uh, Okay, back to the text. Uh, Trouble begins when information is transduced into the feedback circuit at T1. Now this transducer, which controls the conceptual model housed in the feedback function, F of A, is in the past, even 50 years ago, or was in the past, even 50 years ago, designed as part of the diplomatic regulator. It probably did preserve the variety carried in the forward transmission and perhaps it even protected the total crisis regulator against noise in the input as it is supposed controlled theoretically to do. But now, as has been said, it appears to have been superseded by a T1 supplied by the mass media. Or perhaps it would be more accurate to say that the reaction time of the media is so short that the putatively designed diplomatic element does not have time to take the initiative. Such an hypothesis would account for a role reversal, whose general acceptance seems even stranger than its general appearance in the West, as will shortly be examined. <clears throat> so, just pausing there for a moment, this this is a really interesting thing, because uh, today, uh, which is 22nd of January 2021, um, in Britain, we, we we had a you know Boris Johnson did a little stand-up sort of press release sort of thing, saying that the new variant of the coronavirus. Uh, seems to actually be more lethal as well as being more um, transmissible. But that was that was leaked like an hour beforehand by the fucking media. So Twitter was already lit up by the time the words actually uh, got out of anyone's mouth. Um, and so, yeah, it's a hell of a reversal, right? This The sheer speed of mass media, which, I mean, Stafford couldn't have even imagined the social media stuff being even faster again. The sheer velocity means that Whatever whatever attempt at regulation comes from the di- diplomatic um, sectors is, is is kind of irrelevant because the, the transduction is happening somewhere else already. Um, any remarks on this
1: bit? I thought so. Maybe I'm just with Figure Forty Nine. Is I thought T two, three like T three and T four were were points kind of along the like feedback loop where, maybe where they intersect with the, like the T2 is where the feedback intersects with A and T3 with B and T4 with C, but not that they were necessarily, like, isolated to those systems, if that makes sense, or maybe I'm...
0: Yeah, I, I think I see what you mean. Um, so the, the way I read the diagram is that um, at, the, at the, like, output of the regulator, when it's acting back on the world, it and uh, oh no, so, so T1 it is is not T1 is not transducing onto the like action that kicks back onto the world actually. I think I, m- I misread that. T1 is, is transducing the feedback circuit. It's the dotted line that's going down and to the left on the diagram. That that's where T1 is is kicking off. So the the whole the if if you look from the word input all the way to the right to output that's the forward circuit, and then from T1 back to comp through uppercase F of A is the feedback circuit. So this, this is the, the regulator's internal transduction of feedback information. So uh, for analogy to like a homeostat like a, or a thermostat, if you can imagine a thermostat that was like quite sensitive to external stuff but wasn't able to read its own temperature very well, like or it's, um, you know, if, if it had like hundredths of a degree um, of sensitivity on its like heat sensors, and its its like ability to control the heater element as well, but internally in its feedback loop, it only had like four bits, you know, to represent the amount of correction to apply. That would be a degenerate degenerated T1 that the the transduction into the feedback loop would not be good enough. Um, and you could you can then imagine that the the in because it's internally impoverished, it would actually not be able to regulate the temperature very well at all. Um, so that's what we're talking about for T1, but then T two, three, and four are transducing the action back onto the environment. Or the various environments. Yeah. Does that make sense? I
1: think so. Cool. I, maybe we just keep going and then I'm mm. make a more set.
0: Okay, cool. Um, at any rate, it seems in practice impossible to separate within the compass of the crisis regulator, whose structure we are attempting to understand, diplomatic transduction from that of the mass media, because each seeks to outwit and preempt the other. Or so it appears to the public and therefore to the astute politician, whether she or he is personally confused by the entanglement or not. For example, statements made by foreign governments or by foreign embassies involved in crisis are habitually anticipated by the media in advance. Exactly, (laughs) you know, like what I was on about earlier. Um, Whereupon they exert part of their effect before they are emphatically uh, emphatically not made uh, because they cannot be unmade by a denial. Uh, So just to go over that again. For example, statements made by foreign governments or by foreign embassies involved in crisis are habitually anticipated by the media in advance, whereupon they exert part of their effect before they are emphatically not made, because they cannot be unmade by a denial. Um, Nor is this to do with the speed of response alone, but also with its format. That is to say, with the unsurprising dominance of the media by television. It is worth recalling that the processes of the waking brain devote unparalleled activity to visual input as evidenced by the vast variety capacity at and behind the retina, along the optic nerve and within the occipital lobe of the the cortex. Socially, too, the amazing proportion of time devoted to viewing broadcasts by the average citizen must assuredly lead to an acceptance of the variety structure of editorial viewpoint. Views themselves are commonly contested, that is true, and this is taken to be a sign of a free society. But both the richness and connectivity of variety transduced by t1 will necessarily inform the conceptual model housed in the feedback function uppercase ffa thereby thereby not only making it impossible to register the great new truth but forcing the practical politician to work within a variety impoverished model imposed on him or her and woe betide that politician who tries to amplify variety at this point Answers drawn from a richer variety source must sound and look evasive or blinding with the science or daft, but in any case they will be incomprehensible. This seems the sufficiently clear reason why politicians are led away from honest inquiry in public utterance and towards the naive appeal to good sense and so forth. They must work within the available variety structure and rely on charisma to generate bogus variety. Of the kind earlier discussed. Ooh, wow, what a what a little one little paragraph. That's a that's a real corker. Um, something that jumps at me is this like thing that, you know, um, even if either the media or the diplomats try to transduce the variety of the situation accurately, it comes across as hedging and waffling. Which may in fact well be an accurate representation of the thing was well, it's quite complex, you know. Syria is a land of contrasts, so or whatever. Um, which of course it is, but that comes across as bullshit because of the structure of the the, the spectacular cognitive apparatus and the kind of ambient um, way way that we're all transducing feedback through these this kind of media channels. Um, but then, if, if they're savvy enough, they'll re- they'll realize this is this is the case that you, you just you just can't tell people the truth about what, what's going on because it, it'll it'll come across as incomprehensible anyway. So it has to be impoverished, and then has to be injected with charisma to make it seem like it's more of a full signal. And then, and in a different register, I think you have like, especially with like you know the social media stuff, you have like the the structure of these feedback channels. Is such that like they have their own incentives built in like Facebook is incentivized to propagate information that gets the better clicks not not that which is like actually better for social regulation um, and so that that's its own kind of derangement as well um, anyway let's let's see let's see Matt hmm.
2: Yeah, the, the, the stuff about like political interviews makes you think of like uh, uh, like integration as, as as a contrast of just where like you know you really actually do you know kind of get to like the topics that that you want to get to um uh, um you know maybe like in the depth uh, that that you want and uh, uh also just yeah like uh, how um yeah. It's something that I think is actually Advantageous about like asynchronous like uh, uh, Ways of communicating And uh, yeah I mean they understood the, the, the this Like when video first became a thing Where, where like you know it, with editing like you know You can basically control how people like Perceive something versus like uh, uh, You know like uh, you know w- when you when, when you're consuming text you know You can jump around and you know like You, you don't necessarily have like the exact emotional response That, 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 that the uh, uh, that the author You know uh, uh, wanted you to have because like They don't get to control that you know hey, you're going to experience this and then you're going to experience this right after and yeah in in terms of like uh, communication channels, i think i think there really is something to um uh, um yeah like stuff you know where you can hop around you know text or or, you know hypertext of some sort or 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 another you know versus like video because because yeah i mean yeah there are a lot of cases where you know like look what exactly does a politician not being quick enough on their feet you know to answer a clever question what does that actually tell you that doesn't necessarily tell you anything about substance. I mean, it might, but I mean, you know, it might just say, uh, eh, you know, like, like they weren't quick on the draw in that moment.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a very human condition. I guess uh, the um, yeah, the manipulation by editing is like that, that Simpsons bit where they absolutely butcher an interview with Homer, so he's just saying huge ass or whatever, and it's like obviously cut in weird ways to, to but like to make him look ridiculous. Um, but yeah, it's only totally a thing that happens, right? Um, Oh, I had another thought, but it, it flew away. Um, Jeremy, and then Jake. I In the
3: USA, we have Fox News, and then the hangers-on are even worse, like Newsmax and OAN. And having these 24-hour news channels that are basically right-wing propaganda, they create this feedback circuit where they have to get crazier and crazier and crazier as this loop happens. In order to stay whatever the hell version of relevant they are, they have to speed up the process, with the result being you have news channels denying the results of the election and, you know, goading people into terror – That's pretty much out of control at this point. I watched a video from the actual January 6th attacks where these people had microphones and the microphones had the little boxy thing that tells you where the news source is from. And they carried three with them. They carried CNN, Fox News, and OAN. And as the crowd got more violent, it wasn't safe to be a CNN reporter anymore. So they had to hide that and switch to Fox News. And then, as the crowd got more violent, they turned on Fox News because Fox News was willing to admit the election was over and had to switch to OAN. So you get these, you know, this, uh, uh, the way the feedback function works is very much exacerbated. By a lunatic fringe media that hugs close to a lunatic fringe electorate, you
0: know. Hmm. Yeah, that's 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 really good. That that's that's similar to the, the thought I, I just had, and you you've reminded me about that. Like, a lot of this stuff, um, both with like the twenty four hour news cycles and with social media, kind of seems a lot like the kind of electrical storm that goes on inside a muscle in spasm. That like it's just random electrical pulses in every direction or like a kind of so like it's is, is is this like computerized social sphere? Is it a you know a high variety cybernetic kind of social regulator or is it more like a kind of social epilepsy or something where it's it's just or like a, a social like leg cramp where it's just blasting signals in all directions and like they're fast enough that the the feed like like um the thing from earlier in the book that like, a sufficiently strong feedback loop will run away with itself, and it it has more causal power than anything else near it does, like any of the other components do. So these feedback circuits are what's actually driving the action. Um and they're they're running fast and wild. Um yeah. Uh let's see, Jake.
1: Um, yeah, this I yeah, this this whole thing is is very interesting. I think yeah I like that he's sort of talking about uh, Or maybe that's just what I'm reading into i guess of the like you know the way in which the particular like the particulars of media uh you know in this case television media like not necessarily conditions but reinforces and like uh streamlines particular ways of of absorbing the information and absorbing things that you wouldn't have gotten right uh that from like text you know like I'm just thinking to the like you know the like Nixon. What a Kennedy debates that were like the first televised debates and people were like, Oh shit, this Nixon looks like a monster and Kennedy looks smart. So we should vote for him or whatever. You know, it's like that kind of thing that introduces like new information that might not be like someone said, like might not be actually uh, relevant to like the reason that you're absorbing this. Right. Like, you know, like being able to answer a question like like very wittily like on the spot isn't necessarily an indicator of like someone being a good like head of the school board or something but like but your brain absorbs that and it provides some feedback that you might not even like be conscious of if you're not really thinking about this stuff um and and yeah and then and then the the part about like the making it impossible to register the great new truth it's like the way in which the information is conveyed limits or const- it puts constraints on on the information itself you know like the channels that are used and if it's going through like the same old channels right like the the well-worn channels of like mass media or whatever then it kind of it cuts off these these things uh Not just like particular information, but like, I don't know, maybe new different ways of of seeing the world or or just like, yeah, that that kind of thing of like you can't you can't say it's it's a really complicated system. And there's people who have, you know, uh, good intentions, but wrong ideas on both sides and people who have bad intentions, but uh, good ideas on both sides. And it's like you can't really say that in like you can't say that on like a Fox uh news like or some any other mass media news like debate style like where you have thirty seconds to answer a thing because the, the for the the channel for it isn't and not the T V channel but like literally the 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 method for it just doesn't allow for that kind of communication um because it'll get garbled and mixed up with all the other like you know ways in which it someone not being as like eloquent on the spot conveys particular information that gets mixed up with the actual information if that yeah.
0: makes sense no certainly Yeah, I, I think maybe a slightly different kind of flavor of the same thing this this little section that like the um the the, the trend the, the, con- the connectivity and richness of the transducer at t1 will inform and shape the conceptual model housed in the feedback function is also that like um in this environment with like you know Facebook and Twitter basically work on outrage. It means that any any truth in the world or in an emerging emerging situation that cannot be communicated in terms of outrage, won't be communicated. It just it just won't propagate. It won't. The the, the channel has its own shape. That like is it has it has ID, like a yeah it's like a little square tube and you put little cubes down it. It works perfectly. But if you try to put a put a triangle in there, it's not going to work. Um. So th- this this is two different registers where it's like yeah there's the the sort of conscious or like one-to-one communications of like you know somebody not having time to respond properly on a live television broadcast but then there's this like the distributed kind of social feedback process that is distorted and kind of narrowed in a weird way and accelerated is so that you you get you get this kind of social feedback faster and faster but it's it's worse and worse and it, it can only communicate certain kinds of facts the ones that are outrageous enough to make these like twitter headlines
1: um, right. I mean, it, it, it like it, it's such a it's its own feedback loop such that you get things like someone tweeting something and including a particular word or way of spelling that is uh, signaling to people who are always on Twitter. And then that spins out into this the new Twitter like outrage or or interest of the day kind of thing. It's like, you know, but it's like this person did not at all intend for any of this to happen, but because they, you know communicated this idea they had in the wrong way, it turns into something that they completely didn't intend and is so far from the actual uh, like meaning that they meant to, to include to that.
0: Mm-hmm. But hey, that's our, that's our social feedback function for us right now. Um, OK, let's press on a tiny bit. Um, it is from the perversion of the feedback loop, its transduction at t1, its conceptual modeling and consequential transformation at f of a, and its ultimate dominance of the forward process that leads to action by a decreasingly adequate variety structure that the disasters derive. First comes the role reversal in governance. Predictably and observably, politicians are compelled to offer instant response to burgeoning crisis in terms of a variety impoverished model for propagation through a regulatory system that does not exhibit requisite variety. They seek to create extra variety by hectoring, but the variety is bogus, and unless, there are extremely astute, unless, and unless they are extremely astute, they are made to look silly. Um, for at this point, the investigative journalists, in quotes, and then in parentheses, unelected, comma, unaccountable, close parentheses, who have foisted the impoverished variety structure of the feedback function onto the public in the first place, assume the watchdog role of keeper of the public conscience, a role in which the elected accountable, um, again, those are in parentheses, politician was originally cast. So a kind of fun inversion, right? The supposed custodians of the public are not able to really operate in this sort of way, and then the, the sort of media itself, uh, in, in, in Stafford's case, he's using the term journalists, but like I think we can then abstract to the kind of horrifying machine intelligences that live at Facebook that act as journalists now, um, assume the role of the, the public conscience and the guardians of the public. Um, Jeremy?
3: If you get a chance, watch it on YouTube. There's a press conference that Bob Dylan did in 1965 in December, that was an hour long on the local uh, NPR affiliate KQED. And it's an absolute master class in having higher variety than your interviews. Where you have people like Time Magazine and Newsweek and the New York Times trying to turn Bob Dylan into what they think Bob Dylan is. And Bob Dylan being the consummate trickster god just flies all over it in all kinds of different directions. And it's absolutely stunning to watch where they cannot encapsulate him and then they get maddened by their inability to encapsulate him in the middle of a press conference that he utterly dominates and controls. His OODA loop is just spinning like crazy and they cannot keep up and it's just an incredible thing to watch. It's worth the entire hour to watch it, even if you're not a Bob Dylan fan. You know, there's stuff like, they were like, are you going to join in the Vietnam protests that are going on? Are you going to be part of the demonstrations? And he's like, well, I got my own demonstrations. And they're like, well, what kind of demonstrations? He's like, well, I'm going to march with a placard with a picture of a chair on it. And they're like, why a chair? They're like, I don't know. It could be a house or a mouse, you know, you know, potatoes, plates. We can do all kinds of things. We got things to demonstrate, and it's like you can tell they're getting maddened and baffled and all that kind of stuff. I, you know, I, it's something that the Situationists understood in Paris '68. The, you know, the American Yippies and other kinds of groups did not do quite as well. But that the ability to subvert that encapsulation, we really do need better classes in it because we haven't really performed like that on the left in a while and it is one of the tools in our toolkit that we've really neglected oh
0: yeah I think so there's there's something similar I think with um, a Frank Zappa interview when he was on TV where um, I think that the interviewers were it was something about like oh isn't pornography terrible or whatever and they, they had a line but Frank just waltzes around them and he completely runs circles around them um, by not he, he doesn't play into the role they think he's going to, and he, he completely subverts them with all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's, it's, it's maybe similar to this thing, this problem that I think Marx identifies in the Brumaire, where, like, um, progressively, like, you know, socialism gets walked back, walked down from, like, um, you know, this, the Republic of Labour and Virtue, down to, like, filling in the potholes of socialism, or when, when the state sends you to prison, that's socialism. But then socialists kind of double down on that. You know, it's like they, they, they sort of end up being the bogeymen that they're accused of being in some ways, or like kind of, and we do it all the fucking time, right? Like, oh, well, you know, some reactionary's going on. It's like, no, no, socialism really is when your employer just gives you free dental or whatever, because it's, it's like it's an easier fallback than it is to, to do the Bob Dylan or the Frank Zappa Act and kind of walk
3: around mm. them. Yeah, there's a mm-hmm. person asks him a stupid question, and he just says, "Would you ask the Beatles that?" Mm. And just shuts down the there whole line of questioning.
0: You know? Yeah. Uh, let's have Matt and then Kyle.
2: Again, I think it you know poses interesting questions on on two ends. You know, like one is that you know like these channels are very deeply unideal, like for you know collective decision making, and you know we should try to find better ones that you know take take full advantage of you know like all the crazy digital technologies that we have, and 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 ways to and you know like a you know decades and decades of you know social science and you know just little little things to you know make things about like actual like um decision making and actual information transfer and the flip side is that you know like maybe we should be a lot more like uh deliberate in terms of uh, uh how you know uh, um understanding like the limitations of you know of interacting with media and just understand that no like this isn't like a thing where you know a conversation with a reporter or something you know like the truth will you know rise that whole no I mean you know talking you know dealing with that channel that's shaped that way is a skill and not not everyone has it and you know like I do think actually um, you know New York DSA has actually been pretty good about um, you know uh, only have um, you know people who have signed up for and are skilled at talking to the media to talk to the media and, uh, uh, yeah, I think just understanding that, you know, uh, um, you know, certain roles, that actually is part of the job, you know, I mean, the, the flip side of what I was saying before about, you know, how maybe it's a bad selection mechanism, well, I mean, yeah, you can be involved in policy, you can be involved in organizing, you can be involved in uh, uh, all, you know doing politics stuff without talking to the media, and some jobs actually, you know, that actually is part of the job.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. You kind of stay away from them, because, like, if, if you talk to if you talk to them, and I think this is probably something that the, the Corbin crowd kind of discovered as well, is that like any kind of attempt to engage with that thought, but, but what they do is they, they pull the classic, like, when did you stop beating your wife trick, where there's, there's no good answer to it, and whichever way, like, they, they've, they've got you circled. Um, and it's something that, like, I think the Corbin like, the Momentum folks never really kind of understood, is, like, just how vicious the, um, the right media were going to be and how trying to engage in good faith was a, a huge kind of mistake and like maybe maybe a lesson to learn there is to just like disengage don't even fucking try don't don't try to go on you know their their morning shows or anything like that don't try to do interviews in in the in their fucking papers um just keep keep uh, keep control of your own narrative um Kyle
4: yeah i mean the the point that beer brings up about investigative journalism is interesting cuz um we often see today that uh, the the loss of investigative journalism is is widely lamented uh, because of the nature of funding structures that have changed um, due to the rise of uh, you know Google and Facebook as the arbiters of news um, and the death of local newspapers. Uh, to a large extent um and then you know the hollowing out of, of news bureaus um, and uh so generally investigative journalism is seen in quite a positive light uh these days uh and that kind of goes back to either the muckrakers or the period uh in the the late seventies into the very early 80s when uh, the influence of Watergate and uh, Vietnam meant that there was some degree of critical faculty in journalism. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, you know, this is very much not the norm in journalism (laughs) Uh, and People who speak truth to power in journalism, uh, tend to be destroyed utterly, um, in their careers, uh, just run out of the business, um, you know, or you have something like investigative journalism on the order of the Panama Papers, which just goes absolutely nowhere. Um, so i think what beer is talking about when he talks about investigative journalism it really brings to mind much more for me something like the drudge report during the clinton era right uh you know this this just you know absolute opportunist who is just there to follow any lead he can and create any degree of sensationalism he can which you know sort of lays the the groundwork for future uh hack journalism uh so uh yeah maybe that's more what beer has in mind uh but it, it is very interesting that he goes again uh, up against this term of investigative journalism as being unelected and therefore uh in in uh invalid when this is uh, something that we kind of worship uh these days
0: well I think it's it's a in part a combination of beer's kind of general faith in the sort of institutions of Democracy, or whatever. Plus, also like in the Chilean context, he's kind of dealing dealing with what he what he thinks of as um, a sort of a government that has popular assent and is like properly democratic and such. Um, and then you have the fucking vipers back at the BBC, um, you know, taking stabs at, at the effort and, and such. So it's in in because, like, I think we could we could all say that like investi- investigative journalist that goes again that goes up against shitty corrupt, bad politics that we know is probably good. But, like, I think Beer's kind of thing is the other way around. It's like, if if you have some faith that these are democratic institutions, or even, like, so future democratic institutions, like the, th- the ones we're, we're hoping to build, these fucking vipers will be out to get us too, right? You know, the, we'll have a drudge report that's after us, and they'll use the investigative journalist cachet, the, like, the, the fucking fumes from Watergate to justify their attacks on worker democracy right that's how that's going to play out and like you'll you'll have this these like popular you know democratic institutions being pitted against completely unelected shit stirrers who are, are are opportunists you know um, that's that's certainly going to be a thing we need to look out for um, and look out for the fact that they'll try to defend themselves in terms of like, well, I'm just I'm just saying like it is, or I'm I'm just helping the people to know the truth, man, about your 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 unionizing effort, right? You know. Um, anyway, uh, who've we got? Uh, Jake.
1: Um. Yeah. I. I can't remember what I was going to say. Um. Yeah. It, like it's about. I. I feel like that. It you know, and obviously we've talked about this a lot, right? The lack of requisite variety in the, in the systems that, you know, regulate this sort of thing or supposedly regulate the sort of thing. I mean, you could, uh, that's obvious to anyone who, even anyone who hasn't read beer that like the regulations on like in journalism or anything are like, so out of whack at this point, you know, even compared to what they used to be. But I, I think, I think that also like, you know the fact that we've got these new technologies uh right and i'm, I'm thinking about like the from like chapter 1 or 2 of that that like graph he posts that he put that were those like the different like you know the logarithmic kind of scale of like increasing technology and 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 or like increasing change or whatever um just like that in terms of media and the fact that like all of our systems are so not like designed to deal with that or to consider what effects that might have and it's just like these legacy systems trying to play catch up you know but they can never do it and and i think it just it's just yeah you know it really shows that we just need new ways of thinking about how this will be done in a way and i mean yeah i don't know just kind of makes me think a lot about like what are the best ways to to do this and you know like how do we get some kind of truth out of some kind of reporting in a way that's not reliant on like what is clearly a failed system and 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 it, well and a system that's just not up to the task of of our reality. I think you know social media kind of tries to tries to fill that gap and it, it fills it in a sense right that it has the requisite variety to like handle the massive amount of people that are experiencing things that want to share those things with people you know which, which like traditional media was not but it allowed for much more controlled uh, outflow of what was happening. Um, and so now it's like, well, we, we can't, you know, rely on like, we just need good investigative journalists. You know, we just need this socialist newspaper that's doing local reporting. It's like, no, that's not gonna, it's not gonna like inform people about what's going on and what like is necessary to do in a way that may have, it may have done in the, at the sort of turn of the 20th century, because there wasn't all these other uh, channels uh, by which things could be expressed. Um, but also you can't just use these existing like social media channels because for all the reasons that we've talked about of like they by the way that they are designed and the way that they're operated and run like for ad revenue and that sort of thing like means they're they're tailored not towards you know exposing some kind of truth or anything it's just like you said like it's tailored towards getting clicks or to outrage or to generating uh comments you know uh, like in the case of Twitter or something and and not as much on like increasing the amount of information that the reader gets or viewer gets or whatever, so I certainly don't know what the answer is, but like I don't know something some something with using those tools or using those techniques right using some kind of like te- technological uh, methods, but like not not in the way that they're designed now I don't I don't know what it is but. You know. I think this may be related to a
0: thing I, I think I talked about a good, probably a good couple of sessions ago. But like, when, when the when the scumbags come after you and they try to smear people that are involved in the thing, or they try to paint your yeah your thing, or I mean like even from the recent years, like oh it's like oh you know Corbyn fucks dogs or whatever. The way to counter that is, and the way to not have proletarians just instinctively think, huh, that sounds like a thing that could be true. Um, is to have them organized in such a way, and like that, they, they know each other, and they instinctively know it's horseshit, you know. So that when they say like, oh well, that the the new union for the Amazon workers is actually a hive of abuse or something, it's like, well, we we know that's not the case or whatever. It's like, it, you know, but the, like, that's that's the kind of resistance you get to that. Which I think you're right that like simply doing another socialist newsletter or, <laughs> God forbid, another fucking podcast, um, is is kind of just playing the game by the existing rules and isn't really challenging it because it's not building proletarians like a capacity to process the world themselves and with each other rather than having it be received simply through through these channels so you, you need to build that kind of instinctive like that when, when when they deploy the nonsense or this is inoculation as well right the thing we've been talking about that like when the enemy deploys this nonsense against you you kind of have to have people be immune to it and that requires organization and um, getting people on the same page. Uh, Okay, let's crack on a small bit. Um, Well, however penetrating or otherwise this commentary may be, it seems to be a cybernetic fact that the central feedback system of figure 49 is not going to function as a dampening device. It will accelerate explosion if we are not extremely careful. Then if role reversal in governance is the first effect, which is, despite its general applicability, cybernetically bizarre, The final effect is probably war this is as true of the processes within the family as it is of the human condition at large as true within the firm as it is within the nation folk are fearful that this will be the outcome because of the violence and belligerence that they see all around them especially on television their explanations for it are mediated through the low variety structures that are that are to hand and because those structures are cybernetically incompetent The explanations feed the fear and thereby exacerbate the risk. All this is said of the transducer T1. Perhaps then, equivalently lengthy analyses will be needed to account for the performance of transducers T2, T3, and T4 in figure 49. There are two answers to this expectation. These three transducers govern the decoding of action information into the phase spaces of the three parties of the crisis, respectively A, B, and C. Since we have not attempted to say precisely what unites these parties in their common intersect, the hatched area, where the crisis has germinated, or what divides them, each and severally, according to the diagram, they have the same cybernetic cybernetic status. Each owns a dedicated phase space transducer, and and its coding facility depends firstly on the distinctive qualities of the party serviced. However, they are all alike in sharing the action input to the crisis determined by the output of the regulatory system so far discussed. It is in this respect that they are of such major interest. The detailed information encoded and decoded by each of these transducers will heavily depend on the subtlety of the languages available to parties A, B, and C. But the variety transduced, which may be attenuated or spuriously amplified by any T, is that variety, and only that variety, preserved at the output stage of the servo mechanism recently described? Nuance can be projected into a sufficiently subtle language, but only if the variety is built into the transducer that will service the whole range of nuances from which this nuance is selected. It is this fact that makes it unnecessary to distinguish between the transducers T2, T3, and T4. But doubtless the second expectation was that this little set is markedly different from the feedback transducer T1, to which so much attention has been devoted, because it sits in the field of affairs close to the crisis domain, whereas T1 is part of the regulatory feedback loop that belongs to party A. This is an incorrect reading because the whole system is closed. T2, T3, T4, and T1 belong to the same circuit that is closed through the crisis, as in figure 48. Hence, over a period of time, and whatever information information may be flowing around the circuit and transducing into whatever languages at whichever points, the variety of T1 and T2 and T3 and T4 will tend to equate. This is due to systemic entropy. The negentropy that would be needed to offset this tendency is unrelated to the data flow Within the servo mechanism and its transduction into crisis-related information, it is related to the information that distinguishes requisite variety in the conceptual models. Once this is clearly perceived, it will be apparent to the remaining transducers on the circuit already discussed. It will, sorry, it will be apparent that the remaining transducers on the circuit already discussed belong to the group as well. Thus, we have cohesion, a pleasing solidarity, if you will on behalf of all components to to constitute a unitary system. As constituted, however, it has a fatal flaw. Uh, Let's, I think we need to go on a little bit more then. Variety, like any other constructive variable in our universe, tends to leak away unless it is specifically boosted, like a charge on a capacitor. This leakage should be expected to destroy complexity and effective organization, inducing impotence, for survival and on a negatively exponential curve quite soon therefore there may be only one bit of uncertainty left in any crisis we have met exactly this situation before in a more sanguine context it was in chapter 14 where the multinode was in charge of such a process deliberately contrived and intended as an aid to to control decision in the current analysis responsibility has been abdicated to an accelerating feedback loop and the power to decide has been lost to caprice. When the last bit of uncertainty vanishes in any crisis, whether by change of... Whether by change of... or This is a bit strange. Whether by change of... I think that's supposed to be or. Whether by change or by intervention of God or devil, the die is cast. The outcome is success or failure, life or death, peace or war, survival or annihilation, depending on the system concerned. It is pity, indeed, that humankind might lose its prerogative to intervene simply through a failure to understand the cybernetics of the system. Pity to to entertain so strange a fate because of its own prowess in the speed and the slickness of global communication. The picture, even so, becomes yet more complicated, yet more disturbing in its final phase." Oh, boy, that's a a hell of a page. Um, Let's see, what, what remarks
1: do we have on this? Uh, yeah, that, that was a lot. So I, I, maybe I'm just like, I don't, I don't know how like cohesive my thoughts are here, but I, I definitely like, I get for sure. get that like last paragraph, I think where, you know, it's like at some point you got to come down to like, do you make this decision or do you not like, do you, you know, put this out there or not put it out there? Do you like make this move of like you know putting resources towards some end or or do not you know like at some point you do have to make a decision you can only like put it back through the like decision making or like contemplative channels so many times before it loses all the uh, nuance and just turns into like do we do this or do we not like let's let's just put up a up, you know And, and I think that is for sure a like is for sure a concern I am trying to understand the paragraph before that and it is a little I mean this whole thing is very dense right but yeah I don't know maybe I'll just shut up and like hop back on after some other people have said something
0: yeah I, I think I don't quite get what he's getting at with the the sort of why the circuit I mean I think yeah I, I take it at a high level the circuit is closed it's a circuit that converges on uh, variety being lost from the regulator and variety pro- proliferating on in the environment, and so it just converges on, on catastrophe, but I'm not totally sure I follow his explanation
3: for why that's the case. Um, Jeremy? This idea that in a crisis, the variety has a negative exponential curve going down, You can see this in historical situations in which there was a protracted crisis. If you look at, you know, who constituted the elements that were behind the October Revolution, you know, you have the classic story we hear is the Bolsheviks did it. But actually, it was the Bolsheviks, the left SRs, a fair number of Menshevik internationalists, various nationalist parties, a lot of the more left-leaning Muslim groups, uh, various different Central Asian groups. There's a lot of variety in the revolution but in the course of the crisis, the revolution got less and less and less variety as it was beset by more and more chaos in the environment until finally you have a ban on factions. You know, it's like you can see that curve there in the same way with like the Black Panthers, where it went from the glorious black radical imagination, you know, uh, health clinics and cities and free breakfast for kids to how the hell do we get to Algeria in five years? You know, like, how many of our brothers can we get to Algeria? How many people can we break out of prison? You know, do we all meet in Paris or do we meet in Tangiers? We got to get the hell out of here. The These, it's a warning that to pay attention to the fact that in general, your variety is going to run out in a crisis unless you boost it. The whole idea of the boosting, the charges on a capacitor, your revolution has to have these variety boosters in them because the system trying to stop you will clobber your variety And no matter what you do, you've got that negative exponential curve facing you until there are boosts that boost the curve back up, but of course, in the, you know, outside of those discontinuities, those singularities, you've got a downward sloping curve.
0: Yeah, totally. At least
3: until the crisis is over. (laughs) Right.
0: Because it'll it'll converge on over, eventually. Yeah, I think that this this sort of stuff has, has really, I think, quite strong implications for like what how we should even think about the possibility of emancipatory organizing in crisis or through crisis. Because like um, the, this thing, right? So like your system will fall apart in the crisis unless it is being maintained by this like re-injection of, of um, energy into it. And like if you think of like organisms, they expend quite a bit of their own energy and their own structure on maintaining their structure. There's a lot of self-reference and there's a lot of like self-bootstrapping, continuous self-maintenance to make them still be stable. That's your viable system, right? But the thing being described here is a totally unviable system where it is fucking cratering. And crucially, it seems that one of the kind of big features of these kinds of crises is that it's too late for the thing to constitute itself in the crisis. And so it, it, maybe this, this is also why in the, the, what, what's left after crises is usually the most organized thing that's left. And it's like so, so some you know, existing institution will be the thing that's left standing because it's the thing that already has the self-maintenance figured out. Um yeah as 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 Jake said in the in the comments there it's it's like the military is is usually the the thing that's left standing because they're already the most disciplined they were already the most organized before the crisis even happened whereas the revolutionaries and the sort of people who are contending are scrambling to make themselves become organisms which is seems to be in this kind of analysis of crisis just a hopeless race against against entropy right because if you're not already doing self-maintenance on this kind of level, you're not gonna start doing it now. I I suspect this puts a bullet in the head of a lot of theories of like I guess like communization or whatever, where like the proletariat will self-organize in the moment of catastrophe. All the evidence seems to point precisely in the opposite direction. Um that the, the the things the, the cybernetic systems that persist through and after crises are the ones that were already resilient enough to to be able to to overcome the crisis. And again, like as Jake said, the military, basically, in in all, in all these cases. So does that mean that our challenge is to have preemptively built through proletarian organizations that are kind of on par with the military in terms of persistability, and to give up on like riot our way towards communism? Probably, you know. Um, let's have some Matt and then some Jake.
2: Nah, Matt, m- uh, my, 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 my thoughts exactly, actually, yeah, the, 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 that, you know, all, all that spontaneity worship and stuff, like, that's all. And, and w- w- what's funny is, I, I think it, ironically, w- will lead you to, you know, kind of the most authoritarian thing, um, uh, uh, just taking over, you know, the, the, the party state, like, wasn't the plan. Like the party, it's just the, the 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 party was was viable um, uh, even after the Civil War. While you know, like the state that they built wasn't. Like you have to build these structures beforehand. Yeah, because like once you're in there, like you're kind of locked in and uh yeah and it, it 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 is really hard you know i mean it, it's it's kind it's kind of fundamental um, uh, uh, to you know how uh, the brain works too um uh, uh, you know they, they've done a lot of studies on like how um so um when you raise the stakes of something experts tend to do better but uh novices tend to do worse because um, uh, um, uh, uh, pressure narrows the cues that you're attending to. And, you know, if you're really good at something, that's actually helpful because, like, your, your brain actually knows how to uh, focus on the things that are useful. But if you're an novice, then, I mean, you know, like, then you're even more helpless. Like like you need to be really practical like before you go into the situation, so that you have you know uh hey that, that, that's also even like what you know on on like an individual level, that's what military training is even for, you know, that you have these instincts that you know like uh you know that, that you can't really learn them on the fly, <laughs> like and really what you learn on the fly will actually probably not even be adaptive, and so yeah, and uh, um yeah the, 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 what, what you're saying about how like uh yeah like like you need these very strong foundations that then support flexibility you know it, it, uh, or you have the equivalent otherwise you would have the equivalent of like uh, um you know something yeah, at best you know uh ptsd after um uh, after a crisis where like you know you made some adaptations that you can't really undo and you know at worst you know i mean just total loss of coherence
0: yeah absolutely right um yeah totally with you on like the practice thing or like the already being an expert so, like um a well-rehearsed musician will deal perfectly well with, like, dropping their pick on stage or, you know, their guitar drifts out of tune or they, they, they play a bum note or something. They can recover from that perfectly, but novices can't. And not novice uh, sort of a, you know, garage band sort of thing will just fall apart as soon as something goes wrong. Um, you need to already be good at it before the test, not during the test. Um, Seems to be the kind of the kind of signal here, right? Um, Okay, let's have Jake and then Jeremy.
1: Yeah, I definitely definitely agree with all that. You know, that's why the like sort of idea of like base building of the tactic forward of, of building the institutions and like individual and institutional capacity of the working class to like handle the problems that they face with the idea that when things get I mean, things will continue to get worse, right? It's not like things are (laughs) going to get better, just spontaneously, right? Um, And so, yeah, the question is, like, at what point are things bad enough that people want to do things about it and that they have enough of this, like, already practiced knowledge and, like, I guess, practice, like knowledge and practice of doing things that, like, you know, running that would conceivably could be, Converted to running society um, before, and then while things get to the point, or once things get to the point where enough people are willing to say, like, all right, let's try something different, you know. Um, and oh yeah, yeah, what
0: we you got. Uh, oh, so I'm I just kind of kind of riffing here. I'm thinking like, there's there's an intersection of two different things. There, there there's the necessity, and then there's capability, um, and. I think so the, the, the reason some of this, like, spontaneity stuff has such currency in, like, anarchist, like, lumpen-organizing sort of circuits is that they're dealing with people who've lived in squats for 15 years, and they're actually pretty good at looking after each other already. They're, they are well-practiced at riot medicine because they've been to a fucking bunch of them. And that's... But then it's misattributing the capability to say that it arises from the spontaneity. You know, it arises from practice. Like, you're dealing with a crust punk who's, 46 years old, right, like they've been around the fucking block a few times. Um, so that's one sort of example, and the I think the situation we're in now is that by and large the working class is not very, or like proletarians, uh, rather than like referring to the big group as if it were a single object, but proletarians are kind of really not great at looking after each other or like organizing or whatever, because like these decades and decades of atomization but there is a necessity for us but I, I think if if we're if we don't have capability the escalating necessity will just lead to the the clench reflex of just looking for a better bonaparte like i i think that the lack of capacity will make the necessity transmute into authoritarianism people will swing right in the crisis if they're not capable of doing that's something weird. else um, I mean, that's what
1: we saw with that, trump yeah that was I'd attempt to do that. Or
0: it. even what's happening with Biden, right? They like have this, like, security yeah, state restoration thing going on as a kind of clench reflex to the Trump era and stuff. And, like, I, I suspect that's the way that kind of intersection of necessity and capability will play out. And so the the challenge then is to build capabilities um, and to to build them with a better understanding than the, the crusties have of it, where they, they think it all arises from spontaneity, but actually it, it arises from having been Lumping for fucking ages you know like that's that's well practiced right. at that point uh by the time you well, get into that
1: yeah i think also the like the fact that like you know that spontaneity that like turn towards spontaneity is like a identification of a real like issue which is that like the sort of like i i'd say the left you know generally in the u.s right now is is has been divorced from the kind of like spontaneous uh fighting of the masses of the proletarian against the sort of like horrors of the world, you know? And it's like, we see those things and like just the general like occasional like uprisings. as they happen, you know, like whether they're connected to like a larger movement or ideal, or if they're just like, you know, like occupy wall street, which just like happened and wasn't really like part of a, you know, it had ties to things that came before it, but it was a, a new expression of those things. And the question is, and I think the key is to not lose those ties to like, you know, not losing, not becoming unmoored from the working class and from like the conditions that people face. Um, because I think there's a, and and I think there's a tendency among people on the left to like, you know, rec- who recognize the need for things to change and will want things to change faster than they are, which is obviously like we all want, we all want this to change faster than they're currently changing. I mean, in the right direction. Um, But the question is like how to go about that. And I think for, you know, for some people there's like the turn towards like, well, like like, these existing institutions, we just kind of like work within them or to reform them or whatever. And it's kind of the rightist deviation of that. And then the sort of more leftist ultra leftist or whatever deviation of like, well, we have to like, we have to organize for like revolution. And and what does that even mean? And, And that, and that, looks like copying uh, tactics from previous attempts at revolution, you know, and those are disconnected from like how people see their ability to operate. You know, like people don't like, they don't see like newspaper selling as like a tactic that'll lead to revolution. But like to the people that are like kind of conditioned in that, in that milieu, it's like, well, yeah, how do they not see it? It's just, this is, this is what worked in the past. And so it'll work now, you know, it's just, like we need something that's different, but is it? But it, it's just like it has to come from the people because, like, uh, again, this sort of um, something about the uh, yeah the last the, the first paragraph, the last sentence of the first paragraph from three sixty nine, be like the nuance can be projected into a sufficiently subtle language, but only if the variety is built into the transducer that will service the whole range of nuances from which this nuance is selected, which is a little complex but i think what he's trying to say is that it's like if that doesn't if the sort of nuance that you're communicating the like here's what's happening and here's what you can do about it isn't connected to the sort of nuance that people experience in their actual life like it's not there's no institution or there's no method by which they can like you know if, if the message being communicated is like well we need to overthrow this system and there's no means by which they can overthrow the system then that that nuance is lost because it doesn't actually map onto anything in their life. So if there is something that, and obviously, like, just saying, like, oh, we need revolution, is a little, like, it's it's not nuanced enough, you know, but, like, if there is, like, a uh, a communication of, like, here's the sort of way that you can affect this in your life, and that that thing by which to affect it exists, then that communicate, that nuanced communicate can actually translate it into, like, action, you know, that isn't, and it isn't just, like, lost in the sort of, like, uh, entropic uh, degradation of the system, or whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely with you there, right? I think because I think where we've gotten to with the like revolutionary left, and I, I say this as somebody is emphatically pro-revolution, is that like, I think I think a lot of the talk of revolution and like doing protracted people's war in fucking Ipswich or whatever is the one-bit communication channel that Beer is warning against. It is completely degenerate. There's no... Uh, revolution's not on the fucking table. Like, it probably won't be for another 200 fucking years. Like, there's just no point in, like, alienating people right out the fucking gate by, like, telling them directly to their faces that we're fucking idiots. Which, how, how precisely do you build a fucking protect, protracted people's war by just, like, acting like a goon all the time, you know? Um, so, like, I think you're right. There needs to be a lot more subtlety. We probably need to really disentangle a lot of this, like, inherited reform versus revolution stuff. Um, cause like, I mean, the, 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 the insurrectionary revolution stuff is just not on the table, especially because nukes, like you can just fucking carpet bomb your city into bits. And like, that's the end of that fucking anarchist commune. Um, and also like even the reforms aren't really on the table either. Like it's, we kind of have to like pivot out of the like two dimensional grid into like the imaginary number space and like think outside the box or like from the first fucking couple of pages, think again, again, um, because we're we're in like the left is in fucking one bit transducer land um where it's its message is just gone it has melted into the fucking cosmic background radiation and just isn't isn't being heard you know um let's get some jeremy
3: yeah i mean definitely the message, a better world isn't possible, is louder than the message, a better world is possible. And it's interesting, I'm, I'm so stuck on this idea of him calling it a negatively exponential curve. Anyone knows that an exponential curve with a negative exponent is called a decay curve. He's talking about decay. You know, it's like th- this is the graph of when you have a microphone on and the sound goes away. You know, how the reverb diminishes down to nothing. It's asymptotic with zero. You know, but unless you have these signal boosts, and the signal boosts have to be part of the revolutionary strategy. You have to have the signal boost. You know, you can see some of the older revolutionaries groping at the concept. I mean, Mao certainly flirted with different kinds of signal boosts, but he didn't have the courage to chase them where they were going to go. I mean, like A Thousand Flowers Blooming turned into something very repressive when those thousand flowers weren't spouting what Mao wanted them to spout. When you look at, like, for the very beginning of the Cultural Revolution, things like the Shanghai Commune are incredible high-variety signal boosts. But again, it went in a direction that scared people and it crushed the variety. What we have to learn is that The revolutionary outcomes aren't going to be under our control, that we're steering the boat through the revolution rather than trying to control the ocean, you know. And, uh, you know, I think when you talk about spontaneity, I mean, signal boosting, you know, variety boosting can be incredibly spontaneous. But the spontaneity is the tactic, not the strategy. The strategy should be the variety boosting. And variety boost, we should be constantly worrying about the diminishment of variety and how we can boost variety when variety begins to diminish. Because the more it diminishes, you either get counter revolution or Bonapartism. I mean, Bonaparte is the quintessential expression of the revolution at zero variety, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely right. I don't know. I might have had a thought on that. that escaped me. Um, anyway, let's hear from Kyle.
4: Yeah, um, I just wanted to go back to the text very briefly uh, and try to clarify what is being said here. So, um, in uh, the top of 360 Dine, uh, beer makes the distinction between information and variety and he says that the variety transduced is that variety and only that variety preserved at the output stage of the servo mechanism recently described so that's uh capital f of a right is the the servo mechanism um uh Nuance can be projected into a sufficiently subtle language, but only if the variety is built into the transducer that will service the whole range of nuances from which this nuance is selected. Okay. Um, So, you know, uh, like, it's great if you have uh, high information, but if you don't have the variety to transduce it, then you're shit out of luck. Okay. Okay. Um, and then it says, it is this fact that makes it unnecessary to distinguish between the transducers T2, T3, and T4. Uh, but doubtless the second expectation was that this little set is markedly different from the feedback transducer T1. And then he goes on to say that essentially, well, because, uh, the variety is, on a uh, closed circuit, and it is uh, dictated by the variety preserved at the output stage of the servo mechanism. Um, And, okay, so, so first of all, yeah, these are all in the same circuit Entropy means that they will tend to equate with each other I guess especially because the, the dictating factor is the variety of the servo mechanism uh, and its output.
0: Yeah, because um, all of these being tapped off of the output. So it's the variety of the, of the output is the maximal variety that could feed back into T1 and, and could feed forward into T2, 3, and 4. Yes. So they, they can't then, really have different varieties.
4: Right. And then, so he says, well, okay, so we get cohesion out of that because the the feedback predominates, right, over the entire system. So that, that creates a certain amount of cohesion. But the problem is that variety tends to leak away unless it is specifically boosted, like a charge on a capacitor. So, yeah, the variety, like the first... Part of this section is saying the variety will tend to equate with each other uh, at all transducers or at all, t, all at all T points. Uh, however, the problem with that is that like this unity is a downside because variety will tend to actually leak away. So it's, it's like, oh, you could have like, you know, this, this really great T1. That is sending out a good message at the start, and that actually spreads uh, thanks to this um, variety equation, but because of this degeneration, uh, this, this variety leakage, it's going to get worse and worse unless it's boosted. This is generally the point here that he's making,
0: right? Yeah. I, I think I also take it to maybe my sort of way of understanding it was that even if you start out with a pretty decent feedback circuit with, with enough variety, because the runaway crisis, it, the the feedback circuit will tend to close in its variety. It'll tend towards one-bit distinctions. It'll, it'll lose subtlety. But it's... Well, that's because of the leakage, right? That's the leakage. But as that happens its capacity to act will also decrease in proportion so both the self reflexivity and the capacity for action will tend towards zero in approximately the same rate um and that's because of the there's there's no restoration of variety in the thing so the the leak it is i think one could read it as being
4: essentially like, like an organism that's starving
0: I yeah mean. Or I think an example I used, yeah, basically right. Like, or or an example I used earlier was um, if you could imagine a thermostat with, uh, say, very rich sensors, um, like to within a hundredth of a degree, right? And and its and its effector motors are very subtle as well. That they they have really subtle like heating mechanisms. But now imagine that its internal feedback loop. Is losing capacity, like it's corroding the 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 the, um, the silicon is, is, is wearing away, and it has like four bits of variety in its feedback loop. It will not be able to regulate the system, the, the the heating system, because because of the fault in its feedback loop. Or if you can imagine again as like if it was corroding, um, like the computer was burning away or whatever, it would both its ability to regulate itself and its capacity to act, which are actually the same thing would tend towards zero Um, so that like even if you have a lot of capacity for action in a material sense like you have shit tons of material available if your internal feedback loop is decaying your capacity to act will also decay Um, whereas one could imagine contra beer one could imagine the two loops decaying or boosting independently of each other like the the action loop could be strong, but the feedback loop internally could be weak or vice versa. And Beer, I think, is saying, no, they, they either rise or fall in lockstep. Like, if you, like if, you, if you have a shitty internal feedback loop, there's no amount of material power that will make up for it. Um, you'll just lose the capacity to act. Maybe? I don't know. Like, does, does anyone else have a take on that? Maybe, maybe Matt?
2: Yeah, I, 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 um, so if if i read it right yeah, there, there's kind of two like uh actions in play but like, like like there's an inherent um, uh, uh leakage that you know you 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 base it that is kind of you know like a uh, uh entropy always kind of getting the last word like you need specific anti-entropic gamma um uh, uh uh um systems that you know do take energy and, uh, uh in 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 order to fight that and then there's also how it particularly clamps down in a um in a crisis well, uh, and, yeah, like, you know, like, uh, you know with, 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 with like the inherent leakage, I think you can see that in all kinds of stuff, like how, um, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, like a monoculture in like a crop where or, uh, uh, yeah, like, a, uh, you know, an ecosystem or a species that just has too little genetic diversity. And then, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, they no longer even have the genes in them to, you know, adapt to a changing circumstance. And then, yeah, like it, it, and they might even be adapted to, to what they're doing right now. But, you know, things change, you know, they're 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 fucked um, uh, um uh, and and also like uh, um you know the, the, this actually comes up in like machine learning a lot like uh, um you know there, there's this thing uh, uh, you know the the, van- the um yeah the the vanishing uh, uh gradients problem uh, um uh, uh, or, or yeah the, and a whole class is of problems actually where like uh, um yeah, you the the goal is actually yeah, you, know, you you overfit something too fast, and then you actually can't even learn from new information. And so, like, there's all these techniques, um, uh, uh, like um, you know, making uh, neurons, you know, k- k- kind of forget connections, or or, or like skipping um, uh, 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 layers in order to make sh- in, in order to make sure that it doesn't like um, uh, uh, you know, learn the data so strongly that it's incapable of future learning.
0: Yeah, it's funny. that the um, Ashby came across very similar problems in his early like valve based machine learning things that um the circuits would become overfit and they would they would kinda get stuck, they would be unable to learn any further. And the way to fix that was to jostle them with like little electrical probes, to just to reset some of the cells. And I think like Beer probably I think in some of these earlier chapters, especially when he has that like little machine made of copper strips and things, and he has the the example where I don't know, you could you could end up pushing one of the dials so far that it fuses shut and now you, now you can't turn the dial back. Um <clears throat> Which seems to be big problems. The the general problem being a process that converges on some sort of stable but degenerated stability, which you know, crisis annihilation is like you can blow up the fucking planet, and that's you end up with a stable system at the end. Uh, you might be stuck in an attractor that's dragging you towards that kind of uh, that kind of fate. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so that's that for that that section, which I think was the section three. Um, I think next time we'll be on to section four, the time cycle is synchronous for all subsystems. Um, do we have any closing remarks on this one? Um, or are we all fairly pleased?
1: Uh, we got through three pages today.
0: We're, fuck, we're tearing through this thing. Um, I think we can probably calculate the rate at which... How, did we have, like, 30 pages left? Is that right? Yeah. Something yeah, like that. Um, we may want to work on the pace a little bit, but... Um, it's fucking dense it is very dense material I'm getting, I'm getting, getting like, I think we, we said in the, before, before we started recording that some of this book and some of beer's writing gets the gives me the impression it was written during the daytime like during work hours because it's, it's fairly well put together and it's well elaborated but there's a lot of this that really seems like it was written at 3am with like just, just a, a load of whiskey where it's like he's just spitting concepts and I feel like The Prospectus could easily be a book in its own right if all of this stuff was properly elaborated, um, but hey, we we have to detangle this stuff. Um, let's see, Matt. Yeah, glad.
2: Yeah. Uh, uh, first, uh, yeah, I, I, I do want to echo that. Yeah, like th- 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 this seems like you know it, it was written you know like during the flight from Chile. You know, <laughs> while well, uh, you know, uh, if we get a takeaway from this, though, you know, I'd say you know, um, uh, to to all listeners, try and get involved in some local organizing, ideally with something with a direct impact. You know, just building those muscles, and you know, um, uh, just getting accustomed to, you know, doing whatever—some kind of labor organizing, some kind of um, uh, uh, tenant organizing, uh, uh, canvassing for, for a politician, or a, for a single issue, or something. You know, join an org, get plugged in. You know, um, uh, the, the, there's so much that, that's going on. Just, you know, just just by being plugged in at all. And just by participating in a, a some kind of action at all, and uh, really got to do this before things start getting clamped. Before you know, it, uh, you know, being a card-carrying socialist is illegal in some sense.
0: Yeah, you're gonna have the left comms coming after you now. But yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, you don't get to be Metallica by not practicing. Like, you gotta you gotta fucking put in the put in the effort. You know, uh, Kyle, go for it.
4: Uh, oh, sorry. I, I just uh, I had a. Question and I figured it out, so it's, <laughs> it's no, no biggie problem. Is
0: it is it anything interesting?
4: Oh, uh, I was just trying to understand, like you know, in the the final part of the section, um, you know, his comparison between the multi-node, right? The the system for multi-node, I believe. Uh, chapter fourteen. This is worth looking up, I guess. Um,
0: chapter 14 starts on 201, so it's about System 5. I think I know what he's going to say. Um, I think I think it's oh, going to be I... the, the example where the executive asks three of his boys to make decisions, and then they ask three of their boys, and it's like really badly degenerated because the error signal is amplified, and that that, that comes about by not allowing cross-connections, but then he, he then proposes like, what if you organized more like a brain and had cross-connections that did error correcting feedback? You would get much more reliable signals. I think he might be referring yes. to that bad
4: model. Yes, that's right. That's right. No, I mean, no, he's actually referring to the opposite. He's referring to uh, the positive model. Uh, yeah, he's uh, deliberately contrived and intended to aid, uh, as an aid to control decision. Uh, so this, is, this is the Positive example he comes up with, multi node. The, 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 the top down uh, hierarchy model is not the multi node. Um, yeah, yeah, I know, you're right. You're right. right. Uh, and then so he's contrasting that to in the current analysis, responsibility has been abdicated to an accelerating feedback loop and the power to decide has been lost to caprice. Um, so the the runaway so, feedback loop is not a multinode. Yeah, uh yeah, it's it's interesting cuz you have you have multiple uh systems interacting with one another here, right? The the the, the, the different co- component parts that are being uh, acted upon by the servo mechanism, uh A, B and C, right? The A, B and C parts. Uh but that does not constitute a multi-node in the type of the type that he was describing in in uh, chapter fourteen, um, and what we have here is this accelerating feedback loop where uh, variety tends to g- degenerate and decay, as Jeremy said, uh, and then this this leads to a reduction in uncertainty. Uh, like, you know, as he says, the die is cast, right? Like, you cross the Rubicon and then that's it. Um, uh, so, the prerogative to intervene through a failure to understand the cybernetics of the system. He's basically saying if we did have a multi node, we would be able to. Um, maintain a certain degree of uncertainty and therefore have more uh ability to intervene uh, as opposed to being stuck into this this fate
0: yeah so i suspect that the the difference that makes the difference is that the multi-node is interconnected in such a way as to reduce error signals that it's it's like the way the brain is connected so that it produces reliable well reliable outcomes from unreliable components but these these accelerating feedback loops are not; they're they're just accelerating, right? So I think what what he's saying here is kind of like maybe maybe another touch point is like it's it's very contrary to the kind of neoliberal understanding, right? The Hayekian Landian sort of thing, where the like acceleration of the feedback loops is the is the sort of stand-in for the god brain, the multi-node, right? Of of like social decision. And Beer is saying no, 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 because this thing isn't structured like a decision agent. It's a, it's structured like an attractor that drags you into catastrophe. And that those are different things. Like a, a multi-node is not just a kind of in any big messy horrible thing. It's a big messy horrible thing that's connected in a particular way with a particular error correcting behavior. And he's yeah, he is saying that in this in this hypothetical crisis scenario, if this was a multi-node, it would just stabilize.
4: Well, it's interesting because, like, uh, error correction is a matter of information, whereas uh, he's largely talking about variety here, right? Uh, What is or is not an error is a matter of information, not a matter of variety. Uh, So, um, yeah, I mean, it it suggests that, like, also the multi-node has a way of uh, boosting variety uh, in addition to doing error correction. Um, because, you know, in the, like, a feedback loop is generally supposed to error correct. That is that is what it's supposed to be there for in a design. But it's a difference uh, between,
0: like, a positive or a negative feedback loop, and that, like, a, a negative feedback loop will be kind of on error correction, but, like, a positive <laughs> loop will, will shoot you to the moon, right? Yeah,
4: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh yeah, and I mean when he's when he's when he's talking about feedback in the first part of the book though, he's generally talking about the negative feedback loop providing error correction. Um and here he's talking about the flaws of that of that uh feedback loop, right? Like that is it's not it's not perfect in this kind of simple system that he's describing. So I'm quite interested to think about like okay, well going back to the multi-node how does it both error correct and variety boost at the mm-hmm. same time
0: yeah certainly it'll be i mean yeah mm-hmm.
1: i was just going to say like I, I mean just just being able to like you know if you've got like three other people or whatever like two or three other people that have the same information as you just being able to bounce off like is this a good like it, this is my first impulse when hearing this information about what to do next is this does this make sense just, just that is enough to like, you know, kind of bouncing it around in that like little uh, back and forth of the multi-node uh, is a helpful thing to make sure that you're not just like shooting off into the direction that you first think. Oh, well, this might be the way to go with this particular like. Let's do like the, this because this happened. You know, it's it's just good to have that like other brains to be like, well, wait, what about this? Or like, what if we did this sort of less impactful thing that wouldn't introduce as much variety uh, into the system that would still permit like the outcome that
0: we want yeah I, th- I think that's definitely a big part of it right is that like it's um, the way the brain is structured is that neurons can like check each other and stuff and that's kind of like I mean if we, if we flip to page 204 and we look at figure 40 at the like proposed like how organizations really work it's deeply interconnected in a way that figure 49 is not like the regulator in, fi- in figure 49 is all on its own and it has nobody to compare notes with Um, and in the absence of the possibility of re-injecting variety by comparing notes with another regulator, it's just going to crater, because it it can't be expected to survive on its own. Whereas in figure 40, we can imagine each of those numbered nodes as being one of these things, right, that are checking each other constantly and doing that brain-like behavior where you have unreliable components that add up to produce reliable decision. Um, but it would be it would be useful to revisit chapter fourteen and get a real sense for like if this is the difference that makes a difference right between uh, a degenerative feedback loop versus a multi node where one of them crashes and the other one could actually persist then figuring out what the what the, the key differences really are would be important certainly cool uh, Jeremy and then we'll wrap up I think
3: you know, I'm fairly influenced by Robert Anton Wilson. And uh, one of his axioms is communication is only possible among equals. And one of the things about the multinode is there's a lot of horizontal lines. And it was a constant refrain of Beers that the more horizontality you have, like real horizontality, not on paper horizontality, the more communication takes place. And so, yeah, I think that that
0: could. So, do you think that in in this example we're looking at with Figure forty nine, like implicitly, uh, so we're we're looking at the feedback circuit for for A, right? Um, B and C and everyone else probably have their own circuits, but they're completely off the diagram. So that the building of a multi node would mean connecting the feedback regular regulators for A, B, and C to each other, so that they can can compare notes. Would that be?
3: No, because those are inimical, par- inimical parties.
0: Mm, gotcha. Okay. You sure.
3: know what I mean? This is a war. This is a crisis, and A, B, and C are fighting over who gets to control the contested domain. So, <laughs> you know, information that goes from A to B benefits B and hurts A.
0: Okay. Yeah, that is that that is good clarification. I guess then it, it's a question of like how do you, how would. How would A evolve so as to become more like a multi-node? Um, and it would probably mean breaking... My, my instinct seems to be that it would mean breaking down this feedback loop into more of a nested VSM sort of structure where you have these stacked regulators that can, can cross-communicate.
3: Or building the feedback loop as an OODA loop, yeah. you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Well, thanks, everyone. This has been fantastic and illuminating, as always. Um, Let's pick it up next time. Thanks. Bye-bye. bye See y'all. Mm.